0: Welcome in! You are listening to the Blue Notes Podcast, a presentation of Indianapolis Colts stories and notes. I am your host, Benjamin Taylor. This is episode number 18, and I don't have to tell you who wore number 18 for the Colts. Because of this player, no one else will likely wear number 18 for the Colts again. This is the Peyton Manning episode, and now, having said that, I feel an immense weight as if this episode must be excellent. Not good, not even great. It must be excellent because Peyton Manning was truly excellent. In fact, I cannot name another player who ever played this game with more commitment to excellence. And that's what I loved about Peyton. I didn't love him so much when he was in college, to be honest. I never cared much for the Tennessee Volunteers, those highlighter uniforms or the checkered end zone, but watching him play in the NFL was something majestic, and he won me over. That's how I became a Colts fan. Well, I can't promise Peyton-level excellence for this episode, but I do have a new plan for us. For the next five or six weeks, we are going to do something called Summer Snapshots. These will be shorter episodes, maybe 10 minutes or fewer, dealing with just one or two brief topics. In this week's episode, number 18, I've got a quick Peyton story, then we will take a look at some defensive players who I expect to take a leap in 2021. Stay with me. As I've mentioned before on the podcast, I am a Colts fan living in West Virginia. I've been going to at least one game per year since 2009, aside from last year when I unfortunately broke my streak. The first game we attended was great. Patrick, my brother-in-law, and Colts ride or die, and I made the five-hour drive up and back on the same day. We sat one row from the very top of Lucas Oil Stadium and watched the Colts beat the Titans 27-17 on my 30th birthday. Chris Johnson ran for 113 yards, but they were two tiers in the Nashville bucket of shame. The following season, we decided to attend the Sunday night game against the Chargers. This was going to be great because I hated the Chargers, and we were going to witness our team pummel them on national television. Days and even weeks before our road trip, I visualized the Chargers quarterback, Phillip Rivers, sloped on the sidelines crying after taking a pounding to the colts. You see, I have this problem where I always think things are going to work out beautifully. You know when you make Christmas plans in your head, and you can see the whole family gathered, wearing perfectly sewn sweaters around the perfectly constructed Christmas tree, singing carols all in steady timing, and with flawless pitch to the faint smell of cinnamon and eggnog. Then, Christmas finally arrives, and what really happens is that the flu is going around, and the kids are fighting, and they hate their gifts, and the tree falls down after an inadvertent bump. The ornaments crash, but not all of them, because you never got around to putting them all on the tree because work and shopping collided. Now Christmas is here too soon, but you can't wait for it to be over. That is every day of my life. I always imagine something is going to be 100 times better than what it turns out to be. Well, I just couldn't wait for the Colts to crush Philip Rivers and his sorry Chargers. After winning the Super Bowl following the 2006 season, the Colts had lost playoff games to the Chargers in consecutive seasons, both to the tune of Philip Rivers' obnoxious yapping. But I was convinced somehow that the Sunday night game in 2010 would be different. It wasn't. Peyton Manning threw four interceptions, two were returned for touchdowns, and the Chargers won 36-14. That was the last time I would see Peyton Manning play in person. He missed the following season after having a medical procedure on his neck. Manning was then released by the Colts in March of 2012. And that's my Peyton story. It's actually quite sad. And even though I'll never forget that stupid Chargers game, I'll remember number 18 for his unrelenting commitment to excellence. Cheers, Peyton. In our summer snapshot series, I want to take a quick look at the offense and defense and discuss players who I expect will make considerable leaps in 2021. Let's start with the defense. This was a bit tricky because guys like Kenny Moore, DeForest Buckner, Darius Leonard, Kari Willis, and Xavier Rhodes were already really good last year. Sure, they can improve, but I wouldn't say that I expect them to take noticeable leaps this season. We have to select guys who maybe have yet to reach potentials. So then the list gets shorter. I'll start with Kamoka Touré. This is an obvious answer, but the obvious answer isn't necessarily the wrong one. Toure has definitely shown that he can be a problem for quarterbacks. His insane PFF grade over the four games he played in 2019 put him on an astronomical trajectory. One that his play hasn't quite matched, unfortunately, but Toure has said that he wasn't fully ready and wasn't perfectly prepared to be a consistent pressure in 2020. Ture had another medical procedure this offseason, but if he is able to start the year somewhat healthy, he will have a flat pedestal on which to take that leap. With 2020 pass rushers Justin Houston and Danico Autry out the door, the stage is set for Ture to do what he was drafted to do. If he is able to put together 15 or 16 games, double-digit sack numbers aren't out of the question. Another pass rusher I expect to take a leap in 2021 is Taekwon Lewis. I've been playing this song on repeat for the entire offseason. I've asserted before and will say again that I believe Lewis is the new Danico Autry. Lewis actually had a slightly better PFF score than Autry last season. On a per-snap basis, Lewis had a better tackle percentage with a comparable sack percentage. He's shorter than Autry, but quicker and younger. Like Autry, who was one of the Colts' most versatile defensive linemen last season, Lewis can play both the edge or inside. I imagine Lewis will be more of the run-stopping end while rookie Pay and a combination of others rush the passer on the other side. And as I previously stated, the door is wide open for Toure and Lewis to thrive. Maybe they both fall flat, but they will certainly have their opportunities. What is the phrase, the best ability is availability? I cannot predict any injuries and certainly don't want to try, but Lewis should be available to rock and roll to start the season. Houston and Autry are gone. Rookie Dayo Odengbo, who suffered an Achilles tear, won't be ready to go in September. So snaps will be tossed out like Halloween candy for Lewis and Teray. The question is whether they can accept the new roles. The Colts open with a tough stretch, but the first matchup is at home against Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Wilson has played at an MVP level throughout his career, but he's not immune to sacks behind that struggling offensive line. Wilson has averaged 49 sacks over the past three seasons. After the Seahawks, it's a difficult run until the Colts face Tua and the Dolphins in Week 4. Tua is neither fast nor decisive and was sacked 20 times in 10 games last year. If Lewis does play the run stopper, he'll have his hands full. The Colts play excellent running teams in the first half of the season, including the Rams, Titans, Niners, and Ravens. Even the Seahawks can run the ball well when they want to. Even so, I think we will see Lewis take a significant leap in 2021, but he must take advantage of early opportunities before Odengbo is able to slide into the rotation. My surprise pick for unexpected 2021 leap is second-year cornerback Isaiah Rogers. The cornerback room is a little crowded unlike the defensive line group, so it's certainly not clear at this point who will be offered the most reps during the preseason and training camp? Rodgers also has shown to be an exceptional kick returner, so it's possible that coaches keep him out of the cornerback mix and allow him to focus more on his primary skill. But I still expect him to emerge and seriously compete for the starting outside corner position opposite Xavier Rhodes. It was a respectable rookie campaign for Rodgers. His PFF score topped Rocky Yassin by 14 points, while he fell just short of Kenny Moore and Xavier Rhodes. Roger's score was probably doctored by a special team success, but he's at least intriguing. General Manager Chris Ballard and coaches have to be thinking about life after Xavier Rhodes, who is now on his second one-year deal with the Colts. If 2021 goes well for him, he's likely off to greener accounts. Could Isaiah Rodgers grow into that role? It's no slam dunk, but I like his chances. And that's it. There's a snapshot of defensive players I expect to take significant leaps in 2021. Have a great weekend, Colts fans. This was a presentation of the Blue Notes podcast. I'm Benjamin Taylor, thank you for listening.